like if somebody became a good dancer because they were really good at like we fit and they're like i'm so good at we fit probably need to go actually get good at something real you know it's like wow what an interesting yeah. kind of pathway you do know that a game called dance dance revolution exists right keelan oh my god i didn't think of that i'll edit that in Welcome to another episode of Two Two Guys, a podcast about ballet hosted by dancers. My name is Keelan, and today on the show, I have special guest Morgan Reed. How's it going, man? Great. Thanks for having me. Do you Excited have to be here. Do you have Corona? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I'm kidding. Um, no with a question mark. No, I guess. Uh, don't we all? I don't think I don't think I do herd immunity not reached yeah not yet uh when everything was kicking off last march so like a year ago basically a year ago today i i had a i had a bunch of shows in a row in february and then early march and you know when you're performing heavily and you feel fine but then the second your shows are done you just feel like sick as hell and you can't get up like you're just so tired that's how it works yeah and it's like either it's the stress has now moved through me and now I'm just going to recover from it. Or maybe I've just legitimately been sick, but keeping it on hold after my last one, like last March, I for like three days could barely move. Like I could barely like lift my arm. I would go to class. I barely tondu and go sit down. Like it was really tough. So I don't know if that was a really early Corona case. Like, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, yeah. On the top, on that topic, actually, I, I really do think that your body just, knows it you know it knows your schedule and yeah. it's like i have to get through this i'm gonna push you with adrenaline and uh great feelings until it's over and then i'm absolutely gonna get back at, at you for doing that to me and then bam sickness yeah. um yeah but i don't know this isn't a first time corona thing but i was at a concert and it was right at the beginning of corona and uh, the next day, a guy who I met there and had hugged told me that he was self-quarantining because he had met somebody. And I was like, okay, is this really how it's going to start? Mm. So, yeah, great. Yeah. Okay, so how do we – want to tell people how we know each other? We, yeah. have, like a, we have like an interesting oh, no, don't. history. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll let, let me sum up our history really briefly, okay? Okay. in like a really friendly way um we in high school we in high school we didn't get along so well but didn't we no at first we didn't get along so it's well true. it's true um but we briefly dated somebody in common and who's a great lady but because of that it just kind of inspired this you know silly conflict right but then at some point i guess when we were both like 17 18 you came to the national ballet school for a summer and we became like super tight yeah. and we've been like good friends ever since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And those were good days, dude. First time I ever saw you, you were doing like fuetes in the basement of the old MBS building. Hey. And I was just like, who's that tall guy? Yeah. I probably, they probably weren't great. I'll be honest. Like they probably weren't very good. I remember people saying that they were good. So. I don't know. I didn't know what what fuetes were then. That was my first time ever like doing ballet. 
Yeah. And uh. we we ended up living in the Toronto beaches like at the same time, which was really cool too to have a friend, basically friend neighbor, uh, in such a cool area, and we would hang out all the time. It's great. Do yoga together. I think you were the first person I ever like. You were the first person oh, yeah. to ever take me to a yoga, yoga class. Oh yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah, that's another thing you do. Okay, we'll get to that. So <laughs> being your friend has been cool for a number of reasons, one of which being the the places you've gone artistically, professionally in your career has been fascinating to watch. And so that's why I brought you on today is so that we can talk about creativity, the creative process, and what it's like to pursue kind of multiple creative endeavors because you've done so much. Well, thank you for putting it so kindly. Um, I thought we were just going to talk about, you know, all of our adventures around Europe and, uh, you know, partying and, but yeah, sure. Creativity. That's great. Yep. That's yeah. great too. So can I just list off the things that you've done? Then maybe you can walk us through uh, a bit more detail. Okay. Should That's I cool. go get a drink and I'll come back? Yeah. It's a long list. So yeah, you can, you can go kidding. come back. Um, I'm just kidding. So you're a dancer. You're a choreographer. You're a director of a company. You're a very accomplished musician. You're very good at yoga. And you're insanely good at duck hunt. <laughs> I was nodding my head uh, to all those. The duck hunt thing. You're really good at duck hunt. <laughs> I like really were, good. Were we in Holland? Were yeah, we, we were duck hunt in Holland. We were at a party in Holland and they had oh duck hunt God, and I you remember. were like, yeah. this is my thing. <laughs> Everybody move aside. <laughs> and you were legitimately like, I remember and people will have to take my word for this. You were doing like, like behind the back, over the head, upside down, like side, like mm -hmm. you were doing all these trick shots and you were crushing it. Uh, I, me and video games also have a nice relationship, but I, I don't put that on my CV. So yeah, um, we don't need to tell the people about too many videos okay. today. We'll leave the duck hunt one out, maybe. We won't okay. go into details. No, no, no. I like it. I like it. It's great. We won't go into detail though. Uh do you yeah, so so do you want to expand on any of that? Um yeah, I don't know. I think it's an interesting thing to I guess label yourself. Um you know if if you are a creative person, I, I tend to see a lot of creative people today in, in, in today's artist market, if you will, um, a lot of people are good at a lot of things because it's so easy. All the information is at our fingertips. You know, we can soak up all this different information from everywhere. And uh, I don't think that I became good at any of those things because um, I needed to. I think that they were all things that, that interested me and that, that grew in a way that allowed me to bring a lot of different things together. So I don't know, it's like interesting to, to label all those individual things. And of course, there are some people who are only choreographers or only dancers or only musicians or, or whatever. Um, but I, I tend to think of it as, yeah, just a, an experience, uh, a life experience <laughs> type thing. I don't know if that was explained well. <laughs> well, if somebody would self-identify as, oh, I'm only a choreographer, right? Uh, that person is probably also maybe a good cook or a good parent or um, a good storyteller. Like, I wonder if, if the labels we place on creativity are maybe in themselves a bit limiting, right? Because like mm -hmm. you happen to do all of these things that uh, aside from the duck hunt one and maybe the yoga one, all of them could go on your CV and you can make money from them, right? They can all be mm -hmm. professional mm -hmm. achievements. That doesn't mean that 
somebody who isn't doing things that are professionally recognized isn't also infinitely creative. Creativity doesn't have to yeah. make you money. That's what I'm saying. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, another aspect is the the flip side is that anyone can make money being creative today in in uh, a kind of this freelance um, type scene that we're seeing in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not that's not to say that that amateurs shouldn't be able to profit from their ability or their love. You know, amateur comes from the word to love something. Um, if you love what you do, then it can become uh, a means to survive. Um, and hopefully it will, uh, you know, maybe another reason why I, I've, you know, done so many different artistic endeavors is just because it's quite difficult today to survive as an artist. If you're, if you're out there on your own. Um, so you, you know, you tend to, to do a lot of jobs that other people, uh, could be doing for you, but you can't afford to pay them. Right. <laughs> uh, you said earlier that you just started pursuing things that interested you. I remember listening to Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Um, she's a great writer, beautiful speaker, thoughtful human being. She talked about people, especially in today's world, ought not be looking for what they're passionate about in terms of deciding what they do with their life. Mm -hmm. What is my passion? You know, And we're looking for something that's going to answer all the questions for us. And that might be too high of a bar to set right, for our mm -hmm. ambitions. And she, she encouraged instead to seek out what you're curious about. What do you mm -hmm. want to learn about? And just follow it based on curiosity alone and see where that leads you. I can see how, you know, it's like if you say, I'm, I'm looking for my soulmate only. That's a big <laughs> demand to place on a first date, you know? Definitely, so maybe you just definitely. pursue breadcrumbs, slowly build up and see where that leads you. It's just that thing of curiosity. I think that's something that I definitely very much relate to. So it's interesting that you bring that up without me mentioning it. Just because um, recently, a couple of years back, I, I made a piece called Curious Minds. Um, and right now I'm choreographing a lot with my wife, who's uh, also a therapist, a psychotherapist. So we have a lot of psychological topics. But this aspect of, of mm. curiosity um, kind of fueling creativity, that's essentially what the piece was about. It was about looking inwardly and looking at things that can make you curious um, in the creative process. You know, when you create something, you're at a, a, a point where you have just white on a page you know you have mm -hmm. everything is open and if you just start from anything you can go anywhere and that seems like the most broad mm -hmm. and general statement yeah. um but i think what what the curiosity allows you to do is it allows you to go down these rabbit holes and to follow these actually very specific concepts and see mm -hmm. where that brings you and and maybe it you know maybe you end up somewhere where you didn't know um you were ever going to end up. But I think that's a really big aspect of creativity. So, you know, if you're sitting there and you want to just visualize something, you know, you close your eyes, what do you see? I see a carrot with legs and like sneakers and he looks like he's going to go work out, maybe play basketball. Okay, is the carrot would you say it's more of like a cartoonish type yeah. carrot or okay. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm imagining an actual carrot like a three-dimensional carrot with legs and it's yeah. less funny. Okay. I'm, I'm starting to get scared. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely scary. I, I'm running. I'm running away from the carrot. What is this yeah. carrot doing? He's faster than um, you though. He's got carrot strength. Oh God. But, but my, uh, you know what I'm going to do? You know how this is going to end? I'm going to eat him. Bam. Go to the eye doctor. Great eyesight. Great eyesight. Yeah. And Made then you look carotene. in the mirror. You're a carrot too. <gasps> 
you are what you eat. Oh my God. Yeah. Exactly. The, yeah. and, and this is, that's exactly what the, our piece was about, you know, following those, those impulses oh, and okay. those carrots. I mean, you More, mentioned carrots. Metaphorically. Exactly. You right. know? Um, so it, it's a state of mind, I guess, right. is what we're talking about when we talk about creativity. Do you prefer having a creative partner or working on your own? I think a preference is also something that is difficult to describe because I can imagine so many situations where yeah. I prefer to work alone yeah. or, or to be the, the creative force. But I can also see so many um, benefits and, and I have so much history working with my wife now last six years of, of choreographing together. I think I think different things arise. I think when I work by myself, maybe I will tend to go too much down a rabbit hole and never find my way out. And I think all all great um, creative minds, and I'm not saying that I'm one of them. Please do not, okay. do not uh, put that there. Everybody, write that down. <laughs> He's not one of the great creative minds. No, don't. He's not. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I am a creative mind, and I do think yeah. that creative minds benefit very much from no from from assistance yeah. from from someone to bounce off their ideas and to you know maybe make some kind of uh, coherence out of what could be perceived as a random. A series of events. <laughs> I'm reminded of the relationship between Paul McCartney and John Lennon. And I'm not a Beatles expert expert, but I am a big fan. And before they really took off, they had a handshake deal where any song that was even entirely written by one of them, they'd get shared mm. credit, right? And so mm. they had this working relationship and this creative relationship that would go on to, in many ways, define a generation. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the creative output they had once they split up, you see the directions they went. John got weirder, more experimental, way more political. And mm -hmm. Paul went way more poppy, you know, upbeat pop tunes, uh, love songs. And so you see kind of, oh, these are the extreme energies that are so dynamic. When you put mm -hmm. them together, they kind of mm -hmm. rounded off each other's edges. And then once they split up, they went and did their own thing. And it was so yeah. extreme. It's so interesting to, to bring up that topic of uh, of their relationship and, and the Beatles in general, because I, I think that's a great way of looking at it. I think another way of looking at it is that um, at the beginning, they're starting out. They don't have necessarily influence. They don't have even a, an idea of what their art means, you know? And I think that's, that's how a lot of us start out, right? You know, we're creating things, you know, we're, we're, what, are, what do we want to say? You know, where, where's our voice, right? Um, I think what you're mentioning is just this aspect that they developed in such a different way from the same yeah. place. And that's like really interesting to see, you know, like what, what are your preferences? What were the things that you enjoyed uh, in the experience of becoming, you know, in insanely famous? Like, did you just want to be loved and you just wanted to sell music or did you want to like change the world? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you want to make people feel good? Do you want to make them think? I, I just had something to say quickly about, uh, yeah. about maybe I could bring that into a, a, an actual useful point about creativity. Okay. Um, so it just really got me thinking about like, yeah, starting points. You know, we we talked about it a little bit in in the piece, or we can talk about it a little bit in terms of you know how the where the Beatles started, and and yeah, it just got me thinking. Yeah, like what what is my creative voice? You know, and and how do you how do you find that out? And I think I think it's good to have like a kind of toolkit, you know, uh, to to build up just things that you can do in order to create and have the experience of creating 
using repetition. Um, and of course, I think in the beginning, like anyone, you're going to go through steps where it's a lot about your influences. You know, you want to emulate uh, things that you love or things that you've seen or heard, or, or at least use them as a starting point. Um, and I think that's, that's really okay. Like it's, I, I think it, it can be seen as, as being derivative, you know, like, like you'll hear that as a kind of insult towards artists sometimes, you know, like, oh, it's so derivative of this mm. uh, other artist. Like, yeah, of course they're inspired by these people who are, you know, gods, <laughs> you know, like um, we tend to uh, glorify um, our heroes. Obviously we do. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think that's a great place to start. Like, don't be afraid of that. Like lean into that, lean into what, you know, lean into what, what inspires you. You know, it's, it's, you don't need to be curious about everything, you know, just be curious about what you love. And, and I think creativity stick can really stem from there. So unfortunately, not everyone will, will get past that point. You know, some, some people are so in love with, with, um, the ideals or the concepts or the philosophies of their, um, heroes or, or artists that it's difficult to stray from the path, you know? Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's a very general statement as well, but I, I do think, that yeah the great artists of our time then get to the next step which is innovation mm -hmm. you know y you've ingrained this this information this this uh inspiration and 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 all of that and you manage to create like tangents and you manage to come up with something that for you might be a derivative but maybe to, to from the outside it's not like perceivable anymore and i think the more information and the more like the more information you have and the more the more you try the more you are able to shape and sculpt your own creation like i think that's that's when you can define start to define yourself and like what you want as an artist that's mm. my mind is like uh just like racing with ideas and kind of like perspectives questions um directions this could go <laughs> Welcome to the life of being an artist. <laughs> yeah. Um, Could you tell me about some experiences you've had, maybe, uh, where you felt really creative as a dancer? Well, I had a big breakthrough with improv. The idea of, you know, ballet dancers were used to being told what to do, and our safe mm -hmm. space is being able to execute curriculum you know i can mm -hmm. execute these steps i can modify them to some degree and i'm safe Syllabus. in that space mm -hmm. yeah and whenever i've been asked to or at least at the beginning when i would be asked to improv for whatever reason it was terrifying mm -hmm. and i had a series of breakthroughs and they all basically had to do with realizing there isn't a right answer get the idea of i have to do the right thing out of your head it's about creation. And like you said, that blank page, which can be so terrifying to look at because the blank page might be reflecting back at you. Mm. What is your perfect manuscript going to be? What is your masterpiece going to be? Very much. But when it, you take the expectation off of it and it's just about, look, it's a blank page. You can fill it with anything. There really isn't a wrong answer. This is a safe thing. And only through the letting go 
of the idea of I need to do something good. Can I do anything at all? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like less is more. The less pressure I put on myself, the better the thing I create is going to be. Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to make something that I think is going to be good before I've even made anything at all, I've basically uh, you know, interrupted the momentum I don't even have yet. Definitely. Yeah. You, you can't start with judgment. That's not going yeah. to be a mindset that's going to garner creativity. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a really interesting point and I, 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 you come across it very much. Those, those kind of doubts. I, I just want to just mention really quickly something that we use in um, our creative processes um, or it's something that I often say to my co-creator. So I, I often have ideas or something. And it, as much as I may have doubts about the road we're going down, you know, like the things that we're trying out, I could allow myself to let fear like kind of seep in and stop me from trying the idea. Mm-hmm. But what I choose to do in that moment, when I realize that judgment is, you know, on my doorstep, I just tell myself, you know, I'm going to try this idea and I'm going to try and bring it as far as I can to, to create something and to make it real before I decide if it's good or bad, because there is no having, I mean, good or bad is anyways perspective, but there is no way that you can have real perspective on the thing that you're creating before it's created. You don't want the fear to control you. You don't want to stop yourself from creating. Um, and that, that, I think that what, that's what happens when you have writer's block or, or yeah. choreographer's block. Yeah, choreographer's block. Um, th- those moments do come, and sometimes they're a turning point. You know, Sometimes they're there to also allow us to make changes and, and to take space, like to take a third-person kind of analytical look at what we're doing. You know, So they can be turning points in a process. But sometimes they're just us being too hard on ourselves, expecting exactly what you said before, perfection. It's almost like suffocating. Like the, the, the pressures we put yeah. on ourselves can be suffocating to the point where there's no oxygen flowing and we have no more ideas. Yeah. If you are a ballet dancer and you're listening to this, I think something to tell yourself, you know, if you if you are going to take the leap and, and to try and be creative, um, whatever that means for you, just tell yourself, you know, you're beautiful. Like, and, and that's all you need to tell yourself. Like, uh, you don't need to tell other people. You don't need to show that in what you do. Mm. But you just need to know that whatever you do is fine. You know, mm. like, you need to take the first steps. And you need to just have, I don't know, you don't even need to have confidence. But you just need to have a kind of approach that allows you to to open up, you know, to, to, to try to just go for it. So, like, as a dancer working for somebody you are in a sense a tool to execute their vision and sometimes creativity is encouraged sometimes it is definitely discouraged and sometimes it's uh encouraged but it isn't actually encouraged you know like oh yes we're Mm -hmm. looking for for input but they're not actually if we get so caught up and accustomed to that type of working and we're never asked to really contribute or exercise the creative parts of our beings then Mm -hmm. It's almost like um, a muscle you never use, right? It's hard to access Mm -hmm. it. And in trying to access it, you might find that there's a whole bunch of stuff on top of it. Things like a lifetime being told that you need to shut up and sit down and that your opinions aren't valid Mm -hmm. or that you're not beautiful. Um, You know, like there might be a bunch of conditioning on top of it as well. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I have a lot of generalizations about it. And at the same time, you know, I teach people very specific things. Like I also teach uh, guitar or something. And, and I actually try and teach them to think outside of the box, you know, to take this basic technical exercise that I'm teaching them and make something out of it. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's such a simple concept, but just sometimes being told that you can do that is enough to open up this like doorway you know yeah. don't take yourself too seriously you know all that other stuff throw it all away it's a never-ending story <laughs> it's a never-ending story of, of creation um but if you go out and do it you'll be happy so so i kind of hear it like in beginning a creative process at the outset if we focus on results beforehand and potentially negative results you know we're like we're thinking about how it might be judged or criticized or whatever it's going to stifle the potential of any real creative juices from flowing. Mm -hmm. And so if we can say we can eliminate that and we look at the blank page and we're not solely, we're not concerned with doubt or criticism, mm -hmm. we're focused on the creative process. We haven't yet trained ourselves to even know how to find the creative urges inside us. That's, I mm -hmm. guess, where we need to go next. Mm -hmm. Hard. There's so much work to be done in and out of the studio. If you can think for yourself and and come up with your own ways of doing things, then that's being creative, you know. And and it's it you can insert literally any activity mm -hmm. um, into that. And I think that's just like it's a way of life. Um, for me, I think it has a lot to do with learning, like to have a drive to learn, to see things that interest me, curiosity, you know. It's, you know, you can't force it on people. What I personally have tried to do with creativity, I think I've managed to kind of cross-pollinate between a lot of fields. Maybe it has to do with my confidence that I think, like I very much say to myself, you know, if I want to do this, I can do it. Um, a kind of openness to, to new experiences. But a lot of it has to do with actual concrete things that I've learned. Like I found when I, I made a transition to being a musician with no formal training, like zero. And I just did that by using kind of like techniques that I would have in dance or, or, or work ethic or, or, you know, like there's so many things that you learn as an artist, um, as a dance artist. Um, I think, you know, like resilience is, is a really big one. I think, I think ballet mm -hmm. dancers are some of the most resilient people, you know, yeah. like you had your episode about injuries. I mean, yeah. four surgeries can't keep you down. So, yeah. you know, if, if that, if that is the case and P and you do love this thing so much, if you are to find something else in your life that you do love, why, why shouldn't you be able to apply that, that same drive to it? Sure. Uh, you have actually done and accomplished things that stem from creativity maybe we can kind of hone in on those a little bit so sure. dance wise just so people at home know kind of what your resume is dance wise uh you graduated from etobicoke school of the arts here in toronto you did some training at canada's national ballet school mm -hmm. you went to codarts which is a contemporary school in rotterdam netherlands you were there for two years of a four-year mm -hmm. program after two years you bounced and you were like i'm out i got a job uh, much to the chagrin of the staff that wanted you to stay. I guess you uh, remember that because you were there as yeah. I was about yeah. to leave. Yeah. And you're like, I got a job offer. And they're like, but, they, but they're making me stay, but I'm just going to leave. Um, which is great. Uh, you went to Itadanza, which is a 
like a junior company run by a bunch of NDT alum in Barcelona. Uh, you then went to Linz in Austria. Mm-hmm. And then you went to Munich. And what is the company in Munich called? Uh, Gärtnerplatz. Gärtnerplatz. So like, it's kind of like Gardner Place. It's it's um, it's an old theater and it's uh, it's around a kind of uh, roundabout. Mm-hmm. And the middle of the roundabout is like a large garden. So Okay. It's because there's two companies in Munich. There's the classical one, and then there's the company you worked at, which is a modern company. Exactly. So yeah. you were there. And I got to visit you in Holland and then German, uh, yeah, in Munich. And mm-hmm. I have to say that show that I saw you guys do in Munich is to this day, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I still remember they had that piece oh, yeah. that was, it was a send up of like old romantic ballets. Oh, and one of your guys came out looking like 1920s Nijinsky in like the romantic yep. club yep. and still makes me laugh. Oh, Great man, I wish we had brought that up earlier because that is a perfect example of, of what creativity can do. That show that you saw mm-hmm. was created in one week. Wow. Like it was a it was like a, a lightning round essentially right. with the dancers and and what this choreographer that would come in um and then you would do one week and then you would keep that piece and then the next week you would perform it and then the piece that you would also create in that next week so right. it's pretty interesting it was um tony ritzy and alexander ekman actually did oh, the piece where we okay. renewed yes you remember that i remember that so, yes. well there you go well keelan saw the most <laughs> crazy yeah. show that i've done yeah um well, not really, but it was quite, quite fun to have you there. Lots of good memories, man. I still remember. I remember a lot of our, our fun times in Holland. I still have your headshot. Yeah. On your first audition <laughs> yeah. tour. Yeah. I, I was looking. I was yeah. going through my stuff earlier, and I'm like, oh, here's a picture of Keelan when he's 18. Yeah. I really need this. Yeah. When uh, before I left for my first audition tour in when I was still at the National Ballet School, the staff there was like, look, you got to have enough headshots and resumes and dance photos. You had your head, headshot, your dance shot, and then your resume. You got to have enough for every director that you're going to see just in case. So I brought like so many, right? You don't want to run out. And so while I was actually doing the auditions, nobody wanted the headshot. They're like, no, we already have it. Like you emailed it to us. Like we know who you are. And so I, at the end of my tour, I had all these things. So I just started like hiding them in people's things whenever I visit a friend and I would just like hide it under their pillow or something before I left. Uh, I think I still have some left, but anyhow, so. um, it's a good headshot, even though it's uh, 12 years old now, it's a good headshot. Okay, so you so that's one side. So that's all the companies you've worked for. Then you started your own company six years ago in Leipzig with your wife at the time, or was it fiance? Uh, uh, not even fiance yet. Not even fiance. Just good friend. Yeah, <laughs> my best friend. You know, yeah. me and my best friend. We moved to my Leipzig. Buddy. Um, um, yes. And now you have a company. And what is the company called? Uh, Phase Zero Production. Phase Zero. Phase Which is zero. kind of exactly. a cool name because phase zero, zero, starting from nothing, um, mm-hmm. emblematic of the creative process itself. Throughout that whole process, you've been choreographing, finding your creative voice, honing it as you go. Mm-hmm. And now you very much use that when you, cre- you create work for your company. Mm-hmm. The, the, that's cool. But like I dance and so like dancing, it's, it's pretty comparable to what I do. Mm-hmm. The one that I think is like pretty much way out of left field is you're also a world-renowned guitarist and you're in a band and you make solo music and you tour the world as a metal guitarist so i'm trying not to laugh when you say it just how you're saying it is very cute and it's all so. true right i haven't said anything incorrect right 
Oh, oh I mean, I don't know. Am I world renowned? People Didn't know me you, around but the world, you, you've but been not in, everybody. You've been in like magazines. You've been written up in like Guitar Magazine. In Japan, yeah, that was pretty awesome. And didn't you didn't you do really well in a competition that's like the biggest oh, yeah. competition uh, in the world? Actually, those competitions that were before my band um, yeah. stuff. Because when I was in Munich, even though we were working like six to seven days a week, I somehow managed to practice a lot of guitar back then. And yeah. uh, I applied for a competition called the Guitar Idol. So as you can imagine, it's like American Idol, but for guitar. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I applied with my own composition and people really liked it. So um, it did give me a lot of uh, exposure, let's say, you yeah. know, because I got paid in exposure, obviously. Hey, and uh, the best. I go to the grocery store and I'm like, can I pay for this with exposure? <laughs> and they're like, absolutely, <laughs> sir. But anyways, um, yeah, no, I did some com competitions and, and uh, it was interesting because like, I don't know, I, th I would say like, traditionally i'm quite a competitive person maybe i haven't shown my competitive spirit but um no i i i don't know it wasn't about competition you know it was just about showing showing my art form but i do tend to play a kind of like very technical very fast style of guitar which is called yeah. shred guitar you are really good at it thank you is it true that you either have to have incredibly long hair or a shaved head there's no in between i think you should the rule is you should always have incredibly long hair, but right. if you're balding, you get a like you're allowed to shave it. Right. Yeah. Because you don't want like a yeah. skullet. Yeah. A skullet. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah, you don't want that. It's a thing. Um, so can you tell people this is like I, one of my favorite things about you? How did you start playing guitar? Like why? Oh no, but God, why did you start playing guitar? No okay this is great. well actually uh, while you think okay well i'll, I'll give the the answer you want first and then i'll, I'll give a little uh, addendum or whatever it's called okay um so i got like in high school there was a thing called guitar hero i'm sure you've heard of it yeah or have played it if you're over 25 um yeah and i got like really good at, at that game yeah like, really good <laughs> like too good yeah my friends would just be like yeah dude man like why aren't you just playing real guitar and i was like oh yeah um but the, the, the truth is i actually had a guitar at home because i i did start to play guitar um like around the time i was 12. um like i played for like a year or something like that and i learned like spider-man and like pink panther themes songs anyways and i just remember learning like all these crazy trying to learn all these crazy shred songs on there because i was really inspired um in guitar hero that they they actually had a very wide array of music uh including metal and the, the metal stuff like really spoke to me even though i wasn't really into that style of music at all but yeah i don't know it just like really intrigued me like this whole new world and uh i just yeah i ended up just practicing like way too much i wouldn't say too much i mean look look at you it's like part of your life now so i'd say it's probably just the right tell, amount. tell that to my mom <laughs> yeah I just I think that's so funny that I mean the way that I remember you told me the story is that you got so good at Guitar Hero that you felt embarrassed that you couldn't play actual guitar, and so you're like, well, I should probably go learn how to play guitar now, and then you did, and then flash forward whatever it might be, eight to ten years, you're in Guitar Magazine, you're performing in Japan in front of thousands of people, like, oh, okay, <laughs> what an interesting like. Like if somebody became a good dancer because they were really good at like Dance Dance Revolution and they're like, I'm so good at Dance Dance Revolution. Probably need to go actually get good at something real. You know, it's like, wow, what an interesting kind of pathway. It is, it is interesting. Um, and I do find like the worlds are very conflicting at times. Hopefully if, uh, 
if this concert happens, Bloodstock, I'm going to be playing um, on the main stage of this festival the same day as Judas Priest. So that would be cool. Great. That would That's be awesome. Super cool. Um, yeah, music is fun. Play music, dance around. What else is there to say? And then the yoga thing. You just, for a guy who I think the word bro is appropriate, when I found out that you were passionate about yoga, um, I was like, that's so cool. Like, this guy is so layered, so complex, you know? Hmm. Oh, also, I'll put this out there too. How many languages do you speak? List them off. I would say it's difficult because I speak uh, German, English, French, and Spanish. So you and... go four plus. Yeah. And then, I mean, I understand like Dutch, Italian, Portuguese, Catalan. That's, that's it. That's it though. To me, this all is connected. Like somehow your mind is geared towards intaking information and doing something with it that is somewhat useful, like this creative, like, you know, if your interest was television and all of this time, you're just like, but I'm so passionate about watching TV. You'd be spending the same number of hours doing something, but it wouldn't be yielding this kind of result. And so I think there's yeah. something about your mind, either the way you were raised or simply the way that your, your mind is kind of formatted that you like to learn that you're curious, you know, the fact that you can live in Spain for what, two years and you learn the language and you're fluent you know, that, that you, you take it on that way and you choose to approach it that way. Like, what does that do? Because that, that, that to me sounds like creativity. I mean, it's difficult. Like, from my perspective, I moved to Spain and I already spoke French and it was relatively easy to learn. Like, that's, I know that's like weird to say, but like, that's my perspective. So I guess it was a kind of necessity. The, the question I'm asking is, Maybe you can't give me the answer I'm looking for because to you, it just seems so natural. You can't see how it's unique, but you don't just speak Spanish and anecdotal. You can explain that one. You basically speak seven languages. You didn't just get good at guitar here. You got really good and you became a professional world-renowned guitarist. You didn't just become a dancer. You became a great dancer in a number of companies. And then you started your own company, you know, like the, Everywhere you go there, you leave behind you a trail of accomplishments, achievements. Uh, it's interesting to, to just have you say that to me. Obviously, it feels like it feels good, you know, and to look at my accomplishments. And then I think all of these things are, are born of necessity in a way, or, or th that's what it seems like to me, you know, like I want to do these things. I have a drive to do them. If I'm in somebody else's country living there and and interacting with the people there i want to be able to communicate with them like i guess all i can say to people is just try and stay open um you, you know some sometimes also just allowing yourself to try and and speak you know before you you know that you can i don't know it's kind of like you know you can speak better german when you drink a beer that's like that's <laughs> something people joke about here um and yeah maybe i did drink the beer <laughs> i don't know i've been living here for a long time but um it, it's super difficult for me to to pinpoint why um i would say i would of course i would like like i feel like i'm getting like an award right now and i need to like thank my parents you are actually look under your seat oh my god yeah. <laughs> okay but seriously um yeah i do think i do think my parents are responsible you know they they were both artists themselves um they did 
try and teach me a very simple thing and that was to appreciate things you know like give things value give things respect um you know look at something with an open mind with curiosity don't shut yourself off from opportunities of, of course i don't know if everyone in my situation maybe could have learned the language or, or whatever but they could have tried you know and and, mm -hmm. and that's all that matters so you know follow your passions i don't know yeah it's fun to be me but it's also just my it's just fine it's just like is what it is you know right i just i i think that there's a curiosity like if i had to guess from the outside but an openness that you have to the world where you are soaking things up and you are interested in life right uh and it's so funny hearing somebody talk about this recently don't focus on being interesting focus on being interested right pay more attention to being interested in life than interesting paradoxically you become more interesting the more interested you are i mean for a 19 year old to be playing guitar dancing really good at yoga a good boyfriend i mean you you, you did glass blowing and shit like you just like you're you're all over the place um, oh you forgot dude i'm a second degree black belt in karate right i mean <laughs> like anyways 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 yeah. it's not that's not the point dude. and who you're cares? really good at duck hunting. who cares about any of that stuff you know like the point here isn't about bragging. No, it's not about that, though. It's more like a case study. Let's look at what a human being is capable of doing. And if there's anything that's inspiring there that we can apply to our own lives, it's super beneficial, right? As you pointed out, we are all creative-minded. We are all artists because we all have this, more or less, the same basis for creativity because we all have the same human mind. I just find you to be a very interesting case study in terms of prolific creation in these different areas, you know, mm. the people that I'm kind of the most impressed by um, in a kind of a, an inspiring way are the multi-hyphenates, right? The person mm. who, like the Donald Glovers, who are making a television show that's really, really good and an actor and a rapper and a, you know, DJ, like, okay, you, do, you have kind of almost, it seems like boundless creativity. That's something that really speaks to me. And so when I see somebody like you who is living proof that it's possible, some part of me kind of wants to go, okay, just can you tell me your secret? Like, how did you get here? If we are going to go down this road and 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 ask how or or instead of why, right? It's just like how. Um, mm -hmm. I, I do think like I have to, I owe what I know to, to a multitude of teachers. Sure. And, you know, I've done my best to, I guess, to to kind of keep that information you know, to, to, to really give it the respect that, that it stays with me, that I can utilize it, that I can, I don't know. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is go out there, experience things, just, just accept the stimulus and try not to shut it out is what I'm trying to say, you know, be open-minded. One of the things that has occurred to me that I've been trying is start small. So if I'm going to just chill out, and I want to just turn my brain off and watch YouTube or something, right? Rather than watching the stuff that I would always usually watch, which is kind of usually going to give me more of the same. Mm -hmm. What if instead I pivot and I watch something that's different that is that maybe I'm curious about or something that is really highly recommended and stimulates me in a different way. And so I bring this up to say, you, I think we can start small, right? Whereas instead of thinking, Oh, I want to be creative. Okay, I'm just going to go and start a company or build a, you know, I'm going to go choreograph a piece. Mm -hmm. Like, instead of this like a big thing, which might be skipping a bunch of steps, what if we 
introduce the idea of creativity, uh, exploring something new in a really small, palatable way. Something like when you're going to go have fun, what if you try to have fun in a different creative way? Yeah, I, I think yeah. A, a good a metaphor for it should be play. And and when you were saying all that stuff, it made me think about my childhood. And I think, you know, try stuff, experience things. Um, it, it's a neurological activity, you know, to, to 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 experience new things, to try new things, to allow yourself to be interested in in something new. I mean, those those like you're saying, those new neural pathways. It's what keeps the brain flexible. Don't be afraid to use technology and and bring yourself to to new you know places with that like i mean it's like you said you know like youtube it can be an amazing resource or it can be a place where you watch cat videos mm -hmm. you know yeah what i'm hearing if we break it down to like a mathematical equation it's curiosity plus permission i think that's another thing that you have that you don't realize and i say this as somebody who's observed you from the outside is i don't think you have a particularly um like vulnerable ego i don't think you're worried about failing and looking silly just from the you know from knowing you for so long it seems like you're pretty comfortable with like like i'm just gonna i want to do this i'm just gonna go do it like i'm gonna try this because i want to try it whereas some people might be oh what am i gonna look like what is this gonna mean what am i gonna be judged and i would very much be one of those people and so i can say i i understand what it is to be kind of paralyzed by fear of embarrassment if you want to get outside that and explore your creative side from the sounds of it where we've arrived in this conversation seems to me to be What's something you're curious about? Maybe it's something new. And can you give yourself permission to try it, explore it, play with it, and not be too concerned with the outcome or the idea of it not being perfect? Does that sound, uh, yeah. does that sound acceptable? Definitely. I mean, I think we've said a lot, we've had a lot of like platitudes or I don't know yeah. how to say that exactly, that's, but yeah, that's right. I, I do think that you know, accepting that nothing will ever be perfect. That's something I've heard a lot. And mm -hmm. I think understanding that perfection is an ideal and it's not a reality. Another another short little thing. This is a tool that I've been um, also giving to my students, my, my guitar students. If you don't feel like doing something grand, you know, we, we spoke about this a few minutes ago. It can feel like a, a mountain that you need to climb sometimes. Mm -hmm. But if you can allow yourself to just do an activity for a minute, you know, just tell yourself, you know what, I'm just going to go and I'm going to do it for a minute. There's no pressure. There's no, there's no expectation of, of success or of perfection or of even the need to finish. Like you don't need to finish anything, but you need to go and you need to just tr start, allow your brain to start. And if you enjoy it, you know, that's great. And if you can continue to enjoy it, it will flourish. Mm -hmm. you, ha you have to, you have to allow it to grow. You have to plant the seed. You have to try something new. And I'm sure everyone listening to this has a passion and that's great. And just keep doing that thing. Find something new, find something uh, on a tangent. Just go with what you love. It's a good point. Yeah. Just try something for a minute and then you can renegotiate after that minute and see if you want to try it again and, you know, extend it to three minutes, but there's no pressure. Oh yeah. And turn off your phones. Sorry. I haven't talked about that. Just turn off your phone, do the thing you're doing. Yeah. Kids these days and their phones. All right. Well, thank you. This has been great. Um, great to see you, man. Yeah. I'll have to come visit soon when things go. We almost down. met in Slovenia. 
Yeah. Or you were in Venice. Yeah. Was... Yeah, we tried. Do you want to tell the people what you got going on in your life, how they can find you? Um, you can find me, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, Morgan Reed Guitar, okay. all one word, at Morgan Reed Guitar. Um, or you can find me on Facebook, I guess, also a thing, um, Morgan Reed Guitarist. Um, Phase Zero Productions also has a Facebook page, but as we do mainly live events um, in Europe, unless you are in Germany or yeah. Czech or something like that, it would probably be difficult to see us. But uh, I do very much appreciate any support. Um, Keelan made it sound like it's like a fabulous life, but it's actually like really hard to survive. So, uh... it's a grind. <laughs> all right. Anyways, thank you guys. Um, and yeah, hope to see you in the future. Okay, uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at two two guys. Uh, thank you, Morgan, for being here. Two two guys. We'll we'll catch you later, man. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Good to see you. Thank you, man. Love you, bro. All right. Do you have a sense of belonging anywhere? Dance. Just dance. Dance.